longing for a savior a hopeless world would wait sin demanded justice at a price we could not pay but god displayed his mercy the greatest gift of love when we could not reach heaven heaven came to us he made a way in a manger a way through the sun messiah the promised before time had begun for god so loved this world though he knew what love would cost he made a way in a manger to make a way to the cross <clears throat> In Bethlehem a stable became a throne of grace as God himself our Savior drew near to take our place his mother smiled in wonder the shepherd stood in awe the sacrifice of heaven lay sleeping in the straw he made a way in a manger, a way through the sun. Messiah the promised before time had begun. For God so loved this world, though he knew what love would cost, he made a way in a manger to make a way to the cross he is the life who died our death the precious Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head away in a manger no crib for a bed the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head the stars in the sky looked down where he lay the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay he made a way in a manger a way through the sun messiah the promise before time had begun for god so loved this world though he knew what love would cost he made a to make a way to the cross
Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1, I know we have at least one here to get a Bible. Y'all remind me at the end. Uh, I'm not going to stop right now. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm ready to tell. And uh, man, how exciting. How exciting. Uh, folks, this, is, this season is not about physical things. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about elves. It's not about trees. But it's about a manger. It's about a Savior. It's about a cross. It's about the Son of God coming and dwelling among us. Praise His holy name. It's all right to shout about Him and shout for Him and shout to Him. I'm telling you, He's worthy to be praised. And man, I'll tell you, uh, that's just a little highlight of the, the choir. Y'all come back next Sunday. The kids uh, will be performing next Sunday morning. Uh, their play and then the adults that night. And man, I'm ready. Uh, man, that's just, man, I can sop that up all day long. So uh, Luke chapter 1 this morning. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? I want to go back and start in verse 39. Mary was just told about being with child. The angel visited her in verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed Art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutations sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And I loved how Elizabeth was just honest, and begin to praise Mary. But i got to be honest, I'm so thankful for, for how Mary responded to her. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She said, It's not about me, it's about Him. For He hath regarded the lowest state of His handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hope in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, bless it. Lord, I ask for grace this morning. I pray that souls will be saved. I pray that people would respond to the preaching of your word. Lord, I love you and I'm going to give it back to you today. It's all on you. Lord, I just want to exalt Jesus. I just want to lift him up. Lord, I know he's going to draw all of us to him today. Lord, help me to get out of the way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you on the subject, Mary, 
the Magnificat. Mary the Magnificat. Now that is an Italian name. It is a Roman name, if you will, that has been around for a long time. This is a song, actually, that is actually one of the oldest hymns in the history of Christianity. It is a song that the uh, Catholics really love and adore. It is a song uh, in which they have taken these very verses to praise the Mother Mary. They took these... uh, these verses here, verse 46 through 55, and they broke it down into three different verses to sing the praises of Mary. And when I began to look at this and I read this, this began to get on my heart. And I looked at the song, Mary the Magnificent, but I'm not Italian and I'm not Roman. I'm a redneck from northeast Louisiana, so I'm going to call it the day Mary got full. The day Mary got full. Her heart was so overflowed with joy and emotion. And I'm telling you, all that she could do was praise the name of the Lord. When Elizabeth began to praise Mary, Mary began to praise Jesus. She began to praise the very one that came here to save her. She recognized it was not about her, but it was about Him. It was about Him. Folks, may I tell you, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. There are some who take this this story and they magnify the person of Mary. And may I say that Mary did great things. May I say that Mary was faithful to God. But she was an ordinary person that God chose for an extraordinary task. May I tell you there's only one sinless and it's Jesus Christ. There's only one that we can pray to today and it's Jesus Christ. I begin uh, to call my, my mother the other day because as I was looking at this, I began to look at the religion of uh, Catholicism and different religions that really exalt the woman Mary. And my mother was raised uh, Catholic most of her life. She went to a Catholic school down in Monroe. And uh, that's all she ever knew. She was uh, nearly 20 years old before she really got saved. And uh, God changed her life. So I called her and I asked her about this. And she said, oh yeah. Man, this song is sung all the time to sing the praises of Mary. And she began to uh, go into some of the beliefs and some of the beliefs that they think about Mary. Number one is the immaculate conception of Mary is in the fact that they believe that Mary was immaculate, sinless, perfect. Yes, she was born of regular people, but when she was born, she was born perfect. The only way to have a perfect Savior was that the mother of the Savior had to be perfect. But that's not what the Word of God says. The Bible says only one was born perfect, and it's Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible said the seed of sin is not passed down through the woman, but the seed of sin is passed down through Adam, the man. The the sin is passed down through the Father. Well, guess what? Jesus' Father was perfect because He's God the Father. Joseph was not His earthly father. If Joseph was His real father, then he would have had the seed of sin. And this immaculate conception in that this was a perfect individual. Even Mary uh, uh, said here in verse 48, For he hath regarded the low estate. I like that. He hath regarded my low estate. She was a sinner just like you and me. But she loved her Lord and she was sold out to Him. 
The idea that anybody else other than Jesus was born perfect is wrong. There's only one perfect and one righteous, and it's Jesus Christ. The other part is Mary is mother of God and the assumption of Mary simply believing that when she died, she went bodily back to heaven. That when she died here on this earth, that her body went to be with the Lord. When I believe in Scripture that her body stayed here, but her spirit went to be with the Lord. That she had this bodily resurrection up to glory land. That's not right. The Bible does not tell me of this. So I don't believe it. Amen? It's not in the Word. We've got to be honest. God's Word is God's Word. And then they believe that she is the queen, that when she got to heaven, she was crowned in her majesty. May I tell you, there's three around the throne of God today. And it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm just trying to be honest today. I'm not trying to make anybody look bad. But I'm telling you, if we're going to exalt somebody, we need to exalt the right one. And Mary's not the right one. Praise God for her faithfulness. I'm telling you, what a child of God. But she wasn't sinless. She's a sinner just like you and me that was blessed by a holy and righteous God. And when Elizabeth went to her and began to sing her praises like so many people here today do, she just got so full of God in her. The Son of God dwelt in her womb. And she just began to bubble up. Aren't you glad as Christians we can bubble up? Man, isn't it awesome? And you just get so full of God, you get so full of the Spirit, you get so full of the Word that you're just about to explode. You got to go tell, Miss Barbara. You just got to go tell them because you're overflowed with the blessings of God. And this woman was overflowed. She walked in this room, and Elizabeth was pregnant with child, and and, and this baby inside of her leaped, leaped. When the Son of God was in His presence and the Holy Ghost fell over Elizabeth and I'm telling you, they were having church that day. And I'm telling you, they got to shouting and they got to praising because Jesus was in their house. And yes, He was in here, but He was still there and He was the Son of God. And she just bubbled up and she said, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you, number one, let me just tell you what God did for Mary. Let me just tell you what God did for Mary. Notice, notice verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. You see, Mary exalted God. Mary exalted God. And she didn't say my toes or my hands or my head, but she said my soul. You see, the relationship between man and God is not a physical relationship, but is a spiritual one. And she revealed right then and there that she had God in her soul. And everything and who she was and every breath that she had was going to magnify Him and Him alone. And she could have took that stage and she could have said, Look what God did to me. Oh man, I'm special. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And there's a lot of people that when God gives them a stage, they do that very thing, but not Mary. Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Her soul belonged to God. 
She was born again, blood-bought Christian. May I tell you that she was redeemed. Notice what she said in verse 47. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. In God my Savior. She didn't just say this universal God that's here to help everybody, but she claimed him as her personal Savior. I'm telling you, she had a lot of shout about because she was born again and she knew if she died, she was going to heaven. You may not have money, you may not have food, you may not have clothes, but if you lay your head down at night knowing if you died you're going to heaven, you got a lot to shout about. you got a lot to praise him for. Now I'm telling you, you can be poor as Joe Turkey, but if you got Jesus, you got everything you need in this whole world. You let this society go as fast as they want to go, but you just give us Jesus. And I'm telling you, we're going to be okay. And this woman just got to shouting, well, I'll tell you what he did for me. He saved my soul, and my soul doth magnify the Lord. Your soul means everything within you. Using your hands is one thing. Using your feet is one thing. Using your mouth is one thing. But when you get it down in your soul, you can't get rid of it. And it's down inside of you. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad when I got saved, I stay saved. And I'm glad he's there for all of eternity. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. Man, notice what he said here in verse 48. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. You know, notice what she's saying. He's regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. She's basically saying, he came to me when I wasn't worth coming to. He's using me when I'm not worth being used. He is exalting me and I'm not worth being exalted. He's using me, and I'm of no good. Aren't you glad that Jesus saves you? And aren't you glad that when you wasn't worthy to go to Him, He came to you? And when you weren't worthy to be used for His service, God can use anybody that will submit to His will and way. It was not that something was special about this woman, different than any other woman, but this woman was sold out to God. And she understood the only thing that could come good from her life was what God could do through her and for her. It was not because of her, but it was because of him. And she recognized her low estate. And she recognized she was not worthy. She was, may I tell you, it was a privilege to be the mother of Jesus. And she is stating, I'm not worthy. He regarded my low estate. When I wasn't fit for the kingdom, he used me anyway. When I wasn't worth saving, he saved me anyway. When I was backslidden and in the hog pen of sin and not worthy to be brought back, bless God, he brought me back. When I was in the hog pen of sin and I spent all that I had, the Father was there to welcome me back with a robe on, to put on my back and a ring on my finger. When he regarded our low estate, aren't you glad he regarded our low estate? Aren't you glad that he looked down on us when we weren't worth saving, when we weren't worth being used for his kingdom? He saved us and he's used us anyway. Notice what he said here. Notice what she said. In verse 49, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. And holy is his name. I love how she said this. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. 
And I believe if Mary began to talk about all the good things that God did for her, she couldn't name every single one of them. So she just summed it up in this, that he has done mighty things in my life. God has been mighty in my life. God has been seen. God has been revealed. God has been used in my life in a mighty way. And may I tell you today, people, God's been good to us. And we couldn't name all the blessings if we tried to name them. But hadn't he been mighty? Hadn't he been wonderful? He saved your soul. You can amen that. It's all right. He's been mighty. God's been good to us. You don't deserve to sit on this pew, but you are. You don't deserve the clothes on your back, but you got them on. God's been good. Well, I work for it. I get up and I go to work every day because God gives you the breath to breathe. It's all God. It's all God. He's mighty in all that He has done in our life. God is good. God is good. God is good. And Mary wasn't scared to tell anybody how good God was. Not only what God did for Mary, but what God did for us. Notice verse 50. I'm glad she didn't just stick to herself here. Notice verse 50. And His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. Basically, He's not given us what we deserve. He has shown us mercy. She was talking about herself, and then she goes, and His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. God's been good to His people. That's what she's saying. And God has shown mercy over and over and over. Can you go in your life and see the mercy of God? Can you go through your life and see the grace of God? If you don't see it in your life, you're blinded and you need to be saved. The mercy and grace of God is everywhere. I should have went to hell before I ever got saved. But because of His grace, I'm born again going to heaven. I ought to be in a bar somewhere, being an idiot, but bless God, I'm behind the pulpit preaching the Word of God. Talk about mercy. Talk about grace. What a graceful God. What a merciful God. His mercy is on them that fear Him. I'm telling you, if you fear the Lord, you experience His grace and mercy every day. Man, we can sing and shout about the amazing, infinite grace of an almighty God. Oh, God's been good to us. Notice what He said in verse 51. He has showed strength with His arm. She didn't just say that he's strong in his arm. He has showed strength in his arm. He has revealed himself to them. He has revealed over and over and over that he is their God. He has revealed to them over and over and over how good and how mighty and how powerful. Let me tell you this. I don't believe in just an imaginary God that doesn't ever do anything for His people. I believe in the God that is as real as you look at me right here. God is realer than I am. And I'm telling you, I know it because I have seen the mighty hand of an almighty God. I have seen the strength of His hand. Man, just last week, the doctor went in and told my father-in-law, said, man, this cancer is bad. It's everywhere. You're going to have to have treatments. You're going to have to have this. Man, there's no way we can get it with surgery. He come out the other day from surgery and said, I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. I think I got all of it. It is unreal. And it's all contained to one place. 
place. Man, we're, you know, we're going to, uh, Wednesday, we'll give you the pathology report and we'll see what happens. Praise God, Wednesday evening, I left my phone at the house. I went over there before church and got it. My father-in-law called me twice. I said, oh, Lord. Man, my old heart got to beat and I said, oh, God. He don't ever call when he does, it's not good. I called him back and I said, hey, what's going on? And he was in tears. He said, no cancer, no cancer, no cancer, no cancer. I've seen the mighty hand of God. I've seen His work. And we could shout all over this place of the blessings and the answer to prayer over and over when God's people go to Him. God has answered prayer after prayer after prayer. It wasn't long ago. Miss Merlin says, last year we were lifting you up. Oh God, take care of her. Oh God, heal her. We've seen the mighty hand of God in you. Haven't you seen His work? Hadn't you seen His hand? Hadn't you seen His power? Man, if he hadn't, you need to get some glasses on. God's everywhere. God's everywhere. He's working in mighty ways. Notice what he said in verse 52. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Man, I'm telling you, God has showed us the strength in our life, but God also has brought justice to the ungodly. I'm telling you, everything goes around, doesn't it? And we see it in this world and we think, look at all the unsaved and all the ungodly. But God handles them, doesn't He? God's got the whole world in His hands. God's a just God. He's a loving God. But He's a holy God. And everything goes around. And I'm telling you, God is a God of judgment. And God judges the lost. God judges sin. And I don't know about y'all, but I praise Him that He's the judge. If you were the judge, we'd be in bad shape today. If I was the judge, we'd be in bad shape. If CNN was the judge, we'd be in bad shape. If Dr. Phil was the judge, we'd be in bad shape. He's the judge. He's the judge. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. The only mind that matters is the mind of God. It matters what He thinks. Because he's the judge. He's the judge. He's the judge. Oh, the Supreme Court thinks they can change the mind of God. Huh. He's the judge. He's the supreme justice. May I tell you that he is sovereign. May I tell you that he is sovereign. He is holy and he is righteous. Notice what he said in verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has sent away empty he just keeps filling the hungry. Every time we're hungry, He gives us something to eat. Every time we're thirsty, He fills us up. If you're hungry for God, you can get all you want of Him today. If you want to be saved, He'll save you. If you want to go further with God, He'll take you further. I'm telling you, if you get all you want of this, and He'll fill you up. You'll be drinking from your saucer because your cup is overflowed. I'm telling you, He fills the hungry. I'm telling you, the, the meek and the low and those that want of God get all they want of God. I'm telling you, what a blessing it is that He fills the hungry. But notice, thirdly, what God did for Israel. He hath hope in His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. You see, Jesus was the hope for Israel. He came to save the lost sheep of Israel. They denied him and rejected him. But praise God, Jesus is not done. 
You see, the plan has always been that Jesus would come through the nation of Israel. And that the plan of God would unfold through the nation of Israel. And when the nation of Israel was taken into Babylonian captivity, and they were taken out, and they had turned their backs against God, and now when Jesus was born, was living under this Roman government, there was no hope for Israel. There was no thought of going forward. There was no throne left. For five, six hundred years, Israel had not had a king. Israel had not had a throne. Israel had lost all hope. But the day that Jesus came, they received hope again. Because Jesus came to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Are y'all with me, folks? Don't, don't fall asleep on me. Jesus came to save Israel. He came to be their king. He came to lead them back to greatness. When Israel had zero hope, He came. Man, I'm telling you, this week I shouted. I shouted from the hilltop, from the rooftop. Our president stood up and said after 10 years of our nation rejecting Israel and our nation turning our back on Israel. May I tell you, when you turn your back on Israel, you're turning your back on God. But I'm telling you, and our president, I don't like much of what he does. But bless God, he did one thing right this week, and he stood for Israel. And when he claimed Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, that is the prophetic word coming true every day. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back through the nation of Israel. He's coming back through the nation of Israel. What'd she do? She went back to the promise of Abraham. God made us a promise. Aren't you glad that God keeps his promises? He's a promise-keeping God. He promised Israel that one day their Messiah would come and he would save them. And I'm telling you, the world looks rough. And I'm telling you... These Palestinians and this Islam and all this, you say, preacher, are they going to retaliate? Probably so. But this is the safest that I have felt in about 10 years. Because when you stand with Israel, you stand with the God of Israel. Guess who their king is? King Jesus. Man, she was bubbled over. She got so full, she just had to tell her. <laughs> 